0: The following audio is from Lagrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about Lagrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. Some of you are probably wondering when's he going to get to Bob Dylan. You know, because um, uh, if you know me, uh, you know that Bob Dylan is my favorite artist. Uh, our youngest son, Dylan Lewis Elliott, is named after Bob Dylan and C.S. Lewis. And so this morning is that morning, and and maybe you'll see why um, we chose to name our son after someone like Bob Dylan. He's probably one of the most misunderstood celebrities in recent history, Uh, many consider him to be a cultural icon. And for some, he is the face of the 60s. But I believe a closer examination of his life and career will reveal that this is not necessarily the case. In fact, Dylan could be described as a a countercultural hero. And this is significant because we as Christians are called to be countercultural. We are not to blindly follow the masses, but instead we are to be a light in a dark world. The most famous instance of Dylan going against the grain was when he played an electric guitar at the Newport Folk Festival in 1965. A chorus of boos followed, and this wouldn't be the last time that he would be booed during a performance. Dylan received criticism again when he refused to identify with the politics of his day during the 60s. Perhaps his most radical countercultural move came in the late 70s and early 80s. Uh, This was a time of excess. Disco music was all the rave. Many popular artists during this time glorified a lifestyle of sex and drugs. What did Dylan do? He released three gospel albums and played nothing but Christian songs at his concerts. Once again, he was booed while playing on stage. This morning, we're going to look at uh, one of the songs from this period. It's entitled Precious Angel, and it's found on the Slow Train Coming album, which uh, reached number three on the Billboard charts when it was released. The song is a personal one about the woman who shared the gospel with Dylan. And we need to begin with the title and the subject matter. What is an angel? Well, the word angel in both Hebrew and Greek simply means messenger. Now, often it refers to a a heavenly being that acts as a messenger on behalf of God. And this is what most of us think about when we hear the word angel. But angel can also refer to a human messenger, and it's used this way several times in Scripture. And in fact, this is what we find in Dylan's song. Notice the first verse, precious angel under the sun. How was I to know you'd be the one? To show me I was blinded, to show me I was gone. How weak was the foundation I was standing upon. Now we use the word angel for many things in our culture. Most often we use it for someone who's Uh, done a good deed or something, we say that person is an angel. And certainly angels minister to others, but we must not forget that the root of the word angel means messenger. And sometimes Christians can think that their only job is to do good. And it's true that we're supposed to do good, but that's not all we're called to do. We are to do good and proclaim the gospel. We are to be messengers. The person in Dylan's song is an angel because she shares the truth of Christianity with the people that she loves. Dylan continues, now there's spiritual warfare and flesh and blood breaking down. You either got faith or you got unbelief and there ain't no neutral ground. The enemy is subtle, howbeit we are so deceived when the truth's in our hearts, And we still don't believe. It's made clear in these lines that that Dylan is serious about Christianity. This isn't just some innocent song with a passing mention of God or faith. It it tackles the subject head on. Paul vividly informs us in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, that passage that Bobby just read, that we are engaged in a spiritual battle. And this is the Christian worldview. And Dylan describes it masterfully. There is no neutral ground. Is this what we believe? Because I think we sometimes forget this as Christians. What sometimes happens is that we divide our life into uh, the secular part and the spiritual part. We say, okay, this is the Christian part of my life, and then there's everything else. And we give God part of our life, but not all of it. We don't want God meddling in our hobbies or our politics. We tell ourselves that these things have nothing to do with God. We might not want God to uh, go with us to work. Or we may steer clear of Christianity when we are with our friends. Jesus, uh, Paul, the apostle, Bob Dylan, and others are telling us to, to wake up. If we believe that there is neutral ground, then we are deceiving ourselves and Satan is waiting and ready to take advantage of our blindness. We are deceived because we don't have the proper worldview. We separate the secular from the spiritual when in reality everything is spiritual. We must be a Christ follower wherever we go. Paul describes the danger we face and our responsibility to be a light in a dark world in 2 Corinthians 4, 4 through 6. And many believe that this is the passage that that Dylan based his song on. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let this light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Satan is the God of this world. Yes, he has been defeated, but he still has power. And once we become a Christian, once we identify with Christ we join an ongoing battle, whether we like it or not. And Satan is going to attack us because we have aligned ourselves with God, because we wear the name of Christ. But not only that, we're also called to go on the offensive. We do this by reflecting the light of Christ. And the chorus of Dylan's song reminds us of our calling. Shine your light, shine your light on me. Shine your light, shine your light on me. Shine your light, shine your light on me. You know, I just couldn't make it by myself. I'm a little too blind to see. We need to shine our light because there are, all, there are people all around us who need us to be a light in their life. And I really like this song because it makes our calling personal. You know, sometimes we may get caught up in this idea that that we're part of a a cosmic battle. And we forget that this cosmic battle has implications in our everyday lives. The battle we fight has casualties, and they're all around us. Dylan goes on to remind his listeners of the the consequences of this spiritual war. My so-called friends have fallen under a spell... They look me squarely in the eye, and they say, all is well. Can they imagine the darkness that will fall from on high when men will beg God to kill them, and they won't be able to die? There is a judgment day that awaits us all, and the way that we live our lives matters. We cannot go around thinking that all is well, when in fact, it is not. Sadly, though, this is the mentality of many today. We live in a culture that is growing more and more secular. People are not attending church services like they once did. uh, Biblical literacy is in decline. People are not caring for their souls and yet they think that all is well. We then wonder why people are depressed, why people are unhappy and why things such as violence are on the rise. It is because the soul is not being cared for and our spiritual health is just as important as our physical or mental health. Think about the culture in which we live and and think about the billions of dollars that are spent on exercise programs and and therapists and mental health books and then we completely ignore the well-being of the soul. Obviously, the soul is something that, we, that should be cared for right now. It's part of who we are. And if we seek an abundant life on earth, then we must have a soul that has been nurtured and fed. Unlike our physical health, the soul is something that will be with us for eternity. And as Dylan points out in the song, there will be a time when it is revealed whether or not we have properly looked after our soul. It's kind of like if you entered a race and you had six months to prepare for this race. And for those six months, uh, you didn't train. You know, you just sat on the couch and watched TV. And you simply told yourself, it's going to be okay. And then the day of the race comes. And there's no more hiding. And it's going to be obvious when you run the race whether or not you train. Well, one day we're going to stand before God. And on that day, it's going to be obvious what we devoted ourselves to on earth. We can say that all is well, but God will know. Dylan next penned some lines that would be quite controversial in a world which idolizes tolerance. He says, Sister, let me tell you about a vision I saw. You were drawing water for your husband. You were suffering under the law. You were telling him about Buddha. You were telling him about Muhammad in the same breath. You never mentioned one time the man who came and died a criminal's death. Now in our politically correct culture, um, Dylan would not get away with releasing a song like this today. He would be scrutinized and boycotted by the masses. In the 1970s, he was merely booed. But there were still plenty of people who took issue with his lyrics. And so what's Dylan getting at with these verses? At first, it may seem like, you know, just some personal event in his life, but I think it's something that goes deeper. He seems to be critiquing a culture that has no problem with Buddha or Mohammed, but takes issue with people speaking about their Christian faith. At this time, there were several big artists who had turned to Eastern religions. Um, These people were very public about it. Some of them sang about it. And nothing happened to them. In fact, um, they were spoken well of. Yet when Dylan decides to sing about the Christian faith, he is booed and criticized. In the final verse, Dylan turns his attention back to the relationship between him and his precious angel, while at the same time looking to the future. Precious angel, you believe me when I say, what God has given to us, no man can take away. We are covered in blood, girl. You know our forefathers were slaves. Let us hope they found mercy in their bone-filled graves. You're the queen of my flesh, girl. You're my woman. You're my delight. You're the lamp of my soul, girl, and you torch up the night. But there's violence in the eyes, girl, so let us not be enticed on the way out of Egypt through Ethiopia to the Judgment Hall of Christ. Now here in these last few lines, we're reminded that the gift we receive from God cannot be taken away. Uh, When we are washed in the blood, we are safe and secure in the arms of Christ. And Dylan contrasts this assurance with a warning uh, of not to be enticed. And to some, this might be confusing. You know, can we lose our salvation or not? And, And I think that Dylan gets it right. Once we become a Christian, our salvation cannot be taken from us by another human being. It cannot be taken from us by a demon or Satan. So why does Dylan go on to offer a warning? It's because we can walk away from God. And there are many dangers in this world. There are many things that that seek to take us away from God. And it's in this context that Dylan says, let us not be enticed. And he uses the same formula that's found throughout the book of Hebrews. There, the author gives several warnings and commands that begin the, with the words, let us. I'll, I'll give you a few this morning. Therefore, since a the promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest any fall according to the same example of disobedience. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. 2,000 years ago, the writer of Hebrews encouraged a group of weary Christians with words like, Let us be diligent. Let us draw near. And let us hold fast. Bob Dylan now carries that tradition forward by saying to us all, let us not be enticed. And although he first uttered these words in 1979, it's something that we need to hear just as much today. In a world filled with hatred, let us not be enticed. In a world given to pornography, and objectifying human beings, let us not be enticed. In a world where human relationships are replaced with staring at a screen, let us not be enticed. In a world where vitriol and rage are common online and off, let us not be enticed. So what are we to do? Well, Dylan again pleads with us to... Shine your light, shine your light on me. Shine your light, shine your light on me. Shine your light, shine your light on me. You know, I just couldn't make it by myself. I'm a little too blind to see. Jesus put it this way. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. So that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Rather than be enticed by the world. We are to shine our light for all to see. People are watching. People are paying attention Because we do live in a dark world, and they are desperately seeking a ray of light. The question is, will we, as followers of Christ, provide the light that they seek? Will you do it this week while you're at work? Or while you're shopping for groceries? Will you seek out someone who is longing to hear the good news, and will you share it with them? Will you be a precious angel to someone in need? Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning and we're once again reminded that we are in the midst of a spiritual battle that is ongoing. We're thankful that we have Scripture and that we know the end, we know the outcome of the battle. We're so thankful for Jesus who has defeated Satan. But we're also reminded that we must be careful, that we live in a dangerous and dark world, and that we must not be enticed. May we be lights to the people around us. May we be lights in this community. May we shine our light forth wherever we go so that others may come to know you. May we be messengers of your good news so that people can know about Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.